I'd like to talk to you about uh, having faith when there looks like it's impossible. When things look just impossible, just not possible, but yet God said it could happen and would happen, and just believe him all the way home. And that's what happened in the life of Abraham, and I want to talk about Abraham and Sarah tonight uh, pretty extensively, go through and step by step on their life and show you how uh, he believed God. He just believed God. That's all he did. He just believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. That's before the law. Abraham was around 2166 B.C. The law came around 1450, 1460 B.C. So he was long before the law, yet he was justified not by works but by faith. And really people that followed the law were never justified by the law. They were justified by faith in the sacrifices that would come, eventually the Lamb of God that would come. If you take your Bibles, you can start out tonight. We're going to do an expositional work, a little scriptural work here. We'll work our way down to finally where we can put some application to this and go home and have something from God. In Genesis chapter 12 is where we really first hear about Abraham. The first 11 chapters of Genesis are astounding, absolutely astounding chapters. You have the creation, the fall. You have... Uh, the flood, you have the three sons of Noah distributed distributed throughout the world. You have the Tower of Babel. They wouldn't distribute like they should. They tried to build a tower to God, apostatizing all the way to the 11th chapter. Chapter 12 through chapter 50 of the book of Genesis pretty much is about four people. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Those are the four people that inhabit the rest of the book, pretty much in the book of Genesis, and teach you about them. Genesis 12, 1 through 3 says, And now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country. He was a Syrian, by the way. And from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And he didn't tell him what... How would you like it if God said, I want you to go somewhere, but I'll tell you later. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in him and thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Abraham very well was married to Sarah already when he got this promise from God. He didn't have any children. There was no, no visible sign that he was going to multiply. But it was early on in his marriage, so he wasn't probably a panic struck. Again, more clearly, he repeats this, uh, and, and with, with more depth to the promise, in chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, he said, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I preached on that a couple of different ways. It just comforts me tonight to know that God's my shield. It comforts me tonight to know the government's not my shield. The police are not my shield. My weapons are not my shield. My own ability to protect myself is not my shield. My wife's not my shield. God's my shield. He said he's going to be my shield and my exceeding, not a little bit of reward, but exceeding great reward. You may go through this, through this life as a pulper. You may, go, you may live in a hovel, and you don't have to think that God somehow shorted you 
Because as soon as you step on the other side and you receive the place prepared for you by Jesus, it's going to make up all the difference. Amen. It's going to make it all up. It's going to make all You don't have to go around thinking, oh, I got shorted in life. Everybody else got, don't do it. Don't do it. Whatever God dishes out on your plate, say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever get dished out on your plate, just eat it by the grace of God and thank him for it and know that more is coming down the road. He's your exceeding great reward. Do you believe it tonight? It'll help you through a lot of trouble. It'll help you through a lot of stress. It'll take away a lot of the, a lot of the torture that this life can dish out to you. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. That's Eliezer. God answered back, and the word of the Lord, Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. That's Eliezer but he shall come forth out of thine own but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir and he brought him forth abroad and I, this is one of my favorite places in the whole bible he took him under you know i feel sorry for you people in the extent that we have lived in an age of light pollution you people have been around cities you lived in cities your whole life. You, you do not know what you're missing. You do not know the Milky Way, what it looks like standing on the other side. When you get out 40, 50 miles on the ocean, you get about 40, maybe 80, 100 miles out, and, you, and it's dark, and there's no moon, and you look at the Milky Way. That's, that is what Abraham saw. Now, there are, there are, we've been out west a few times. There's about 12 different places in the, in the west that are called one of the darkest places in the United States. There's about 12 of them. There's one that says it's the most dark. I know one of them is Death Valley. If you go to Death Valley, make sure you stay overnight. they got little places you can lay down and watch them and see the Milky Way because they don't have any light pollution. They're building subdivisions around my house. We're nice places for Dana and the place. But they, what they do is they do, every one of them have, they have for some reason they want all of these uh, night guards, these, these lights around their streets. I'm like, don't you have headlights on your cars? Why do you put lights up? And they put all these lights up, and then, of course, reflects into the sky, and your stars disappear, begin to disappear. I'll get over it. I'm not going to stop it for sure. But I want to mention, he took him outside and said, look up. Look up. He took him out and forth abroad, and he said, look now toward the heaven." And tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And if I, and we know this, visually, it's been said, and I read, I don't know quite how accurate it is, but I think it's fairly accurate, that if you can count the visible stars that you see, there'd be about 3,000 in any one particular sky. Now, you may debate that one way or another. But that's a lot of stars, but that's not a lot of people. He said, you're not, you'll be as a star. Now we know through the Hubble telescope, and now we know through some of these other instruments that we've been able to put up there, that there are zillions, gazillions. Is that a word, gazillion? There's so many stars that are without number, just what God said. 
He said, I'm going to make your seed like this. I'm going to make your seed that's going to come out of here like the sand of the seed. Now, so shall thy seed be. Now, get this. This is talking to the guy that has no kids. And what did Abraham do? Look at verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and accounted it for him for righteousness. He had childlike faith. That's all God's asking of you. That's all God's asking of me. Just believe him. You read the book, you say, that seems far-fetched. All God's asking you to do. Let me say this. Nothing in this Bible is any more far-fetched than what was promised to Abraham. I mean, your seed is going to be innumerable, basically. Nothing's as far-fetched as, I don't know anything I read in the Bible any more far-fetched than that. And yet he just believed God. That's all God's asking you to do. Believe him. When he says something, believe him. And you'll find out later on it's so. And God will make it so. Abraham's faith was stretched as the years went by. Now, God could have immediately given him a child and got the thing rolling, but he didn't, did he? And a lot of times God promises you something. He didn't get it rolling right away. He lets time pass. It's like as if, as if oh, maybe, maybe it didn't happen. In chapter 17, verse 15, I'll begin to read. Genesis, and God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai, Sarai, by that was her original name, Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, name be. And I will bless her and give her the, and give, I'm going to say this right, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people, shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. <laughs> and he said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear? Abraham said unto God, all that Ishmael, he'd already had Ishmael and Hagar by that time, all that Ishmael might live before thee. He waffled. I'll give it to you. He waffled some. He said, well, maybe it's going to come through Ishmael, but he, God didn't say it was going to come through Hagar. It was going to come through Sarah and him. He said, oh, that, that, you know, this, uh, he waffled. But he came back, and his faith came back. Application of that is don't be too hard on yourself when you waffle on a promise that doesn't seem to be possible. As long as you look back in faith and the circumstances may temporarily shake you, you may waffle some, but move, they don't, they move, and maybe even move you to doubt, but shortly recover that faith and believe God in spite of the doubt that has come onto you. Sometimes we go seasons of doubt, is what I'm trying to say. It's very normal as a born again believer to have seasons of doubt. You know, though you slay me, yet will I trust in thee, Job said, Job 13, 15. And if you have a season of doubt, I just bear through it. I say, well, I'm having a season of doubt, God, but I know you're true. Even if I don't believe it right now real strong, I just believe it. I'm just going to believe against belief. The doubt will pass, and God will re-reveal himself to you in that and help you. Genesis 18, the promise given to Sarah, could he, she could hear for herself. He did, you know, it's interesting, God had a consideration enough not just to go to Abraham on that, to go past Abraham to Sarah herself directly to her, 18th chapter, 10th verse through about the 15th verse. 
And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. God let that happen. By the way, thou shalt have a son. Just one son? When we had Troy, we only had one child. People used to come to us and say, are you scared? You only had one child? You know that one child may die. I say, you can't replace kids. I mean, if that child dies, there's nobody going to ever replace him. I mean, you know, it's Troy's Troy, and if he dies, that's it. I mean, what do you think I got, like cars? If I lose one car, I'll get another car? And I said, the God of all that is can raise Troy up and multiply him just as easy as he can raise five of your kids up. And by the way, I got to say this tonight. Brother Harris had five boys. Well, he's the envy of every man in the room. Boy, the man had five boys. Unbelievable. Your name is going to be spread out there, whether for good or for bad, brother. Oh, Brother Harris, I'll tell you something else. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. That's a kind way of saying that. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? You know what I like about the Bible? It's real. Some of you go, oh, oh, talking about that? Yes, talking about that. Because it was God Almighty that gave that. This kills me how people want to be ashamed of what's natural and normal in life. But she didn't mind saying it. Shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old again? The Lord said to Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, I shall surely bear a child which which am old. And this is, of course, a over, very much quoted verse in verse 14 of chapter 18. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah, uh, you know, she denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. But many things seem too hard for God, amen? Sometimes you get in a spot, you say, God, I need help. If I ever need it, I need it now. God's there, he'll help you. I believe these people were just like you and just like me in the area of struggling, in the area of faith. I I read James chapter 5, verse 17. Elias, Elijah, that is, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it should not rain, it rained not on earth by the space of three years, six months. And so, you know, we, listen, sometimes people beat themselves up so bad for having some doubt. They'll say, oh, I don't know whether God will help. Just, just keep trusting. Trust all the way through the doubt. When in despair, somebody said one time, when in despair, work on in despair. Just work right through the despair. You don't think them bus captains have despair sometimes? You don't think the devil's trying to get them so discouraged that they'll quit? We've had people on that board uh, that are no longer in the bus ministry that just got so discouraged about it. Listen, listen, I'm on the top side of that thing. I choose to be on the top side of life. That's worth going home for. Man, you, you, we just need to make a choice. I'm going to be on the top side of this. I'm not going to get on the bottom and say, oh, woe was me. We had TikTok Sunday. I mean, uh, Whatever that was, we had them hot burritos, and and half the kids will never come back because they had to go to the hospital. 
Yeah, but the half that are coming back are tough, but I'll tell you. Chapter 21, the results of simple childlike faith. Verse 1, and the Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did unto her as Sarah as he spoken. And Sarah conceived and bare Abraham's son in his old age at the set time when God was spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son, was born unto him, whom the Lord, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac, a great man of God. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old. You may not want to know this, but that's when Troy was circumcised. We had, we had a Jewish doctor. And he was born, and, you know, today they circumcise their child in the hospital. I would not let them do that to my children. If I had a boy, he'd get circumcised the eighth day. I figure God said that for a reason, and I just got enough stupid childlike faith to believe what God said, and he knows more than the doctor. Boy, it's quiet, I tell you what. I better just leave right now before they rise up and throw me out. Oh, you couldn't speak against modern medicine. Well, let me tell you what my Jewish doctor said. Dr. Schwartz was his name. He said, your quaglose in your blood in a baby is at its highest peak at eight days. There's a God in heaven. He knows a little bit about the human body. He knows a little bit about how to take care of you. And I think he knows a whole lot more about it than modern medicine. No offense, man. I'm not against modern medicine for sure. Whew, that was good. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me, not at her, but with her. And she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his own age. Wow. What a miracle. And then, of course, you know the story. He kept Isaac alive, didn't he? And he multiplied Isaac, didn't he? God has no trouble with that. Let's, let's go to a little application on this. The question, who would have said Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? Nobody. There would have been nobody to said that old woman, 90-year-old woman, is going to give anybody children. I don't know how old Sarah was when she first started imagining having her children. I haven't been around women a lot. I was raised with uh, two other brothers. My mother was the only woman really I was familiar with. She was a tomboy somewhat to survive with us. Harris doesn't know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I don't have much feminism in me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I guess women begin to imagine having babies pretty young. They begin to play with dolls, and they like to change their diaper. Guys are out there getting dirty soldiers, and we're, we're, and girls are in there playing with the dolls, and they're changing their clothes. They get these dolls that urinate. That's a real big deal. Put water in their mouth, and they'll wet themselves so they get to change diapers. Is that true or not? That's true, isn't it? Women can't wait to have children most of the time. Most of the time, women, in their starting, starting at, a, at a young, young age, I mean, this is hearsay to me. But women at a young age will start imagining having children. And now the girls will hold them up to them as if they're nursing the child and all that other stuff. And imagine, I don't think Sarah, remember, a woman of like passion. 
a man of like passion. She did that from a young age, but she got married to this Abraham, and ooh, he was sterile. He couldn't have any children. Or was that true? Well, somebody couldn't have any children. Back then, they did not, they did not understand the, the, maybe the DNA the way we do, but nevertheless, he couldn't have any children. Somebody couldn't have any children. So when she got married, her first, uh, and like other young women, she expected to have children when she got married. And back then, especially in a rural-type environment, uh, children were so, so big and so important. It was just what everything swirled around. She met this man, Abraham, married him, hopes she'd have a, a bunch of kids and, and be able to just have a fulfilled life as a, as a mother. And uh, I imagine you could cut the air with a knife. At first three months, they were married. She wasn't pregnant. Then, this, then six months went by, she wasn't pregnant. Then nine months went by, she wasn't pregnant. Then a year went by, she wasn't pregnant. And two years went by, she wasn't pregnant. And 25 years went by, and she wasn't pregnant. And 50 years went by, and she wasn't pregnant. She ceased the time of women, had menopause. Impossible, as far as I can tell. If you don't have menopause, you can't have children. You become sterile yourself. And uh, gave her handmaid in a moment of weakness, in a moment, I think, of personal sin. Gave Hagar to Abraham and I was going to have to ask Abraham, why were you so eager to say yes? But nevertheless, he went into Hagar and had, right away had a kid. What did that prove? That proved he could have kids. That made it worse on her. She punished herself by giving Hagar to her husband. Before that, it was in doubt. It could have been Sarah. It could have been him. Could have been Sarah, could have been him. But when she gave Hagar to him and, she, and immediately had a child, boom, it's me. I'm a dry fruit. I, I, I can't have any children. And back, you understand, in the, in the, in the setting of the time, whoo, it was big. I believe Abraham was about 75 years old when he was given the promise that God from God that Sarah would have children that would grow to a number of the stars about Genesis chapter 12. You don't get mentioned in the Bible for having trusted in God without some serious testings. Is Sarah mentioned in the New Testament? Sarah's mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5. He said, be like Sarah. Look it up yourself. For 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5, Sarah's mentioned as an example of faithful woman. And brother, being married to Abraham, she was some kind of faithful woman. I don't know about you, but he endangered her life. He, he, he wouldn't admit he was married to her. He said, it's my sister. Now, I don't know how it would go over with your wife, but I know how it would go over with my wife if I introduced myself to a new group of people. I said, this is my sister, Kathy. She'd look at me and go, what do you mean, sister? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Hey, let's get, I got, come back here. We need to talk. I mean, you know, in the two stories, uh, about, she about got defiled. It wouldn't have been God's intervention on the whole deal. She would have been defiled and not been able to be his, her, his wife anymore. He risked her life to save his own skin. But he was willing, and she was willing to wait on God. Maybe the one, one, of the, one of the biggest problems generation we have today is everybody wants it like now. They want it like quick. We're used to getting stuff like this. 
and God will say something and it will do something. I've had people come to me and say, they got saved and really seemed like they were born again, get baptized, they lived for God a while, and pretty soon the testing comes and things go down a little bit in their life. They'll come to me and say, preacher, this ain't working out for me. This ain't working out. This Christian thing ain't working out. I was better off before I got saved. Now, that makes me feel they never got saved because if you had any kind of Holy Spirit's understanding, you know it ain't about the now and now. It's about what's to come. It's that I'm going to stand before God by the grace of God because of the blood of Christ justified before him in his presence. That's what it's all about. It's not, without, it's not about being comfortable now. It's about being justified then when you stand before him. But Sarah had no clue why God was doing what he was doing. She was a good wife. She was a helpmate. She jeopardized her life. Really, she did. She shut her mouth, jeopardized her life uh, for his word twice. She was willing to be defiled for him. How many times did Sarah cry herself to sleep at night? How many times do you think she cried herself to sleep? How many mournful days do you think Sarah spent because she was childless? This was burning upon her, especially after Hagar and that child. Did not she notice everybody else could have children? Did not she notice unfaithful, unfaithful women, unfaithful adulterous women even have children? Did she not notice wicked women, whores, prostitutes, drug addicts, seem to be able to have as many children as they want? That's been my experience in life. Not only that, it was probably back then. Did she not maybe go before God crying about that? Well, finally, something broke. At age 77, she asked Abraham to take the Egyptian. Of course, you know I just said that. And it found out that Abraham was not sterile, making her life even tougher than it had been. She felt, and then, then the angel stops by and says, you're going to have a child. Sarah's going to have a child. He laughs. She laughs. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Wow. If I went to my wife right now, tonight, and said, by the way, God told me, she, my wife's 70 years old, uh, by the way, God told me you're going to have another child. I'm not sure if it would be cry, laugh, laugh, cry. But I guarantee there would be some emotions going on there. Uh, that would be big. You mean me? Have a child? God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? Come on. Giving this old 89-year-old girl, uh, 89-year-old girl, girl a baby her vitality had ebbed away her energy is only a fraction of what it used to be her skin is as dry deep wrinkles looks like a topographical map her monthly time has ended years earlier everything begins to hang on her from under her arms under her chin her chest fell her weight rose her back bent am i close she looks in the mirrors and stares at some dried up old lady she does not even know or recognize. Age is not kind. Age is not kind. The Bible says in the book of Job that God has let all that happen, so he's reminding us, heaven's coming. Your new body's coming. So in the midst of your aging, God lets all that stuff happen. Begin to, you raise your arm up, half of it goes down here. I got a doolap like my roosters used to have. If I painted that baby red, I'd be right in. Sarah could have said, it's over. 
It's over. All this hope is gone. A deep resignation is all I have is left. What a disappointment. What confusion. What consternation. I hoped in God. I trusted in God. I relied in God. And now look at me at 89 years old. The truth of the matter was God was using this to help her get ready to raise a great man of God whose name was Isaac. Interesting, God uses tutorial suffering and classes to help us. Thinking of Joseph, 13 years in Egypt to become the greatest, second greatest leader in the world. So he did with Sarah. For Isaac, all of a sudden, after the angel came by, all of a sudden, imagine that angel come by and said, now, Sarah, you're going to have a child. I'm going to come back this spring. You're going to have a child. She laughed, and she denied it. And he said, no, you, you are going to have a child. But then imagine the next day, she says, I don't feel any different. She looks in the mirror, sees what I just described. I don't feel any different. Two weeks go by, she don't feel any different. Three weeks go by, four weeks go by, she don't feel any different. Uh, no, no, nothing, uh, nothing real different. I don't see anything. The old man, then one day she looked at Abraham. And the old man began to look mighty suave. He looked a little more handsome than he, she remembered him. She noticed maybe, maybe he looked as good as he'd looked to her in 25 years. She felt strangely energized. She felt a new vitality filling her once weak body. She had a new desires that had almost been forgotten. She found Estee Lauder tucked away in her dresser drawer. She dusted off some old land lingerie that she'd had around, hadn't used for 30 years. Abraham came home as he normally had done. He hadn't been verbalizing this to her, but he had been feeling better. He had been feeling stronger. Work. I said, man, I do the work of a 20-year-old now. He came in that night, and she says, uh, I'm dismissing the servants, dismissing all the handmaids, dismissing everybody. Abe, you're mine. He goes, what? And they have relations again that they hadn't had in years and years. Almost a place of forgotten. Three months go by and you girls that have had babies, you kind of know what begins to happen, right? Three months go by and something begins to happen. Six months go by. Six months go by. Her belly begins to enlarge. Her skin now becomes more soft and moist again and supple. Her wrinkles, at least in some of her body, disappear. Her life force returns. And she has a baby at 90 years old. Our God can do anything. Glory to God. Our God can do it. Please forgive us for doubting you. 
Please forgive us for having doubts about you. Please forgive us because it don't happen in our time frame and don't happen the way we think it ought to happen. Please forgive us for doubting your word and doubting who you are and doubting your goodness and doubting your greatness and doubting your plan for our life not being the best plan for our life. Whatever your plan for my life is, it's the best plan. Simply believe God. Just believe him. Are you disappointed in God tonight? I meet a lot of people, a lot of Christian people disappointed in God. He took my son in an automobile accident. Not my son, but somebody will say he took my son. They're disappointed in God. They took my wife in death. They're disappointed with God. Took my husband in death, disappointed with God. Finances crashed. They get disappointed with God. The devil has got a whole agenda of things to try to make you disappointed with God. But if you'll be like Abraham and say, no matter what comes my way, I'm just going to believe him. I'm just going to believe it. Somehow, some way, it doesn't look possible. (laughs) 89-year-old woman, a 100-year-old man. What's amazing to me is he went on to live to be 175 years old and had more children. Amazing. Have you put your trust in him and left it there? I like Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Are you tired of low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, dwarfed goals? Are you tired of that? It ain't over till it's over. And I I preached a sermon, I think, called Hang 10 years ago. And it's about surfing. And what I learned from surfing was that the ultimate on surfing is you get out to the very end of the board and you hang your 10 toes off the end of the board. I, I watched a YouTube to refresh myself of somebody surfing big wave, big old wave crashing all over and behind them, and they get up on that board. I don't know how in the world that can happen. You know, a 160, 70-pound individual get on the end of the board, front of the board, with their 10 toes on that board. That's called hanging 10. That's the most precarious place to be. Evidently, it must be an exciting place to be, and that's where God wants you to be sometime. Sometimes he calls us to hang 10, just like he did Abraham and Sarah. Now, here we are for over four thousand years from what I just talked about tonight. We're talking about them. That's God. For those who will believe him, he will raise you up. For those who disbelieve him, he will abase. May you be one that simply believes God and be counted to you for righteousness. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the few minutes we've had together reviewing Abraham and Sarah's life. Forgive us where we doubt. Forgive us where we walk around like like you're weak and you're not able to do what you say you're able to do. And that there, we act like there's no promises in the Bible. And sometimes we, we, we bite our nails and we, we can become anxious and we become worried. And 
It's all sin against you. You told us uh, to be not worried or to be overcome with it. Don't, do not let it be part of our life. We love you. Death is coming. Don't worry about it. Sickness may be coming. Don't worry about it. The government may fall. Don't worry about it. The economy may fall. Don't worry about it. Trust in the living God. He's going to take care of you all the way home. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.